0: Welcome to Real Christianity, a weekly show designed to help Christians know their Bible, defend their faith, and truly understand what it means to follow Jesus. The premise is simple. The culture is getting louder. The church is getting flashier, but few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is Dale Partridge, along with my incredible wife, Veronica. Join us as we start an important conversation about what it really means to be a Christian. Welcome to Real Christianity. Today, we are talking about, can an online sermon really be church? In the wake of the coronavirus, many uh, Christian churches are having their congregations do online church or online sermons as their church experience. And it's causing us to ask the question, can an online sermon really be church? Church. Thanks for joining me today. You guys know that Veronica is not here this morning recording with me. Uh, she is out watching the kids. We don't have that many babysitters, and we can't do that right now with the social distancing, so I'm doing this show solo. If you're a regular listener to the Real Christianity podcast, thanks for being here, guys. It's a big deal. Uh, so many of you loyal listeners. We have probably tens of thousands of loyal listeners at this point, point. and uh, we'd appreciate it if you guys could leave a review on iTunes. All you got to do is just, if, if you're listening through the iTunes app, just tap the stars. You don't even need to write anything. But if you do write something, we read every single review. They are very encouraging uh, to us. So thank you guys so much uh, for leaving those. Also, this is an audio only podcast. So I apologize to the YouTube subscribers that watch our show every week. Via YouTube. We will still have it up there in audio format and you can watch it there or listen to it there, but there will be no video uh, for this episode. I uh, wanted to remind you guys that you guys can also listen to this podcast on Spotify. For those who are regular Spotify listeners, you can subscribe that way and listen to our podcast every week. It's automatically uploaded there um, and wanted to let you guys know that that existed. So let's, uh, let's dive in and I'm going to have some great resources for you at the end of this episode. So please do not miss that. There's gonna be some awesome resources, they're brand new, we're just releasing them the day that this podcast is released and you will want to know about them. All right, at the very beginning of this coronavirus pandemic, when churches began to stop meeting and began sending people home to watch sermons online, I released a video on social media to help those who were legally permitted to gather in smaller groups to understand how to conduct a biblical church meeting in their home on Sunday with a few families from their church. Uh, my reasoning was watching a sermon online was not church. And wow, that statement made people very upset. I had about 20 to 30 messages from Christians who expressed expressed their frustrations And uh, I had one lady actually say, don't tell me that watching a sermon at home isn't church. There was an exclamation point there in her her statement as well. Uh, So I want to talk about that statement today. Uh, I think it's likely a position that many of you hold or have held in the past. And I want to share why I think that that statement is an unbiblical perspective and not accurate to the scriptural definition of the local church. And so I'm going to begin with an analogy. So imagine if a man and a woman uh, had sex, and then the woman said, don't tell me that sex isn't marriage. Well, I, you know, I would say, well, sex is a really important part of marriage, but sex is not marriage. In fact, marriage is much more complex than sex. It requires a commitment before God. It requires gender roles. It requires love and sacrifice and pursuit. Uh, It also requires romance and fidelity and spiritual leadership and a host of other aspects. In addition, a good marriage generally produces children and family and a home culture and trust and a variety of other realities. So to say that sex is marriage is a very superficial and almost silly statement. The same is true when someone says that watching a sermon is church. Now, sex in a marriage is critical, just like sermon uh, or a sermon at a church is critical. But just as sex is not marriage, neither is a sermon what makes a church. And like marriage, the church is complex and it's robust. It's far more than a sermon. But uh, I I can't actually blame most of these people that are writing me these comments and this lady especially. I can't blame most of these Christians for holding this perspective. And why? Well, uh, the Western church, you know, you guys are aware of this, you're a part of this society. The Western church has absolutely, both directly and indirectly, taught churchgoers that church is a sermon. You know, we built an institution where the sermon is the center of the church universe. Uh, essentially, we, we've you know created what I call audience Christianity. And this is when we take uh, the contributor model of church found in the scriptures and turn it into a consumer model of church that we are seeing in our modern era. We basically created a church to be an event. And in that event, we have inactive spectators who sit in a chair or a pew and watch church or watch a sermon or watch a band. And this is, again, the heart of the modern church experience. It is infotainment driven. And so why should I be shocked when someone yells at me from their couch that watching a sermon online isn't church, you know, or saying that, that why should I be telling them that watching a sermon online isn't church? Um, I shouldn't be shocked. She's probably been taught this her whole life. Her experience has definitely taught her that, uh, probably for many years, but the truth is the church gathering is much more than a sermon. It's regularity. Uh, the church is commitment. It's membership. It's communion, it's baptism, it's corporate worship, it's government, church government, right, through elders and deacons, it's church discipline, it's gender roles, it's uh, the exercising of your spiritual gifts, it's corporate prayer, it's biblical order, it's uh, accountability to scripture, it's uh, protection from doctrinal heresy. It's fellowship with one another. It's mutual ministering through relationship. It's giving and receiving. It's meeting the needs of the saints. And yes, it's the preaching of a sermon. But to diminish the church gathering that happens every week in your hometown to merely watching a sermon and maybe singing some songs from your couch, in my opinion, is a, a great insult to the doctrine of the church found in Scripture. I think it would also offend the thousands of martyrs who gave up their lives so that we here in the West can meet in person without religious persecution. Now, we're obviously in the middle of a unique time with the coronavirus pandemic that is limiting us from gathering in person. And while a local church can accommodate, you know, missing a few weeks. Uh, you know of gathering together in person because of public health, because we care for the elderly and the compromised, because we're called to obey the government, as long as they don't cause us to sin. Um, online church is not something, however, that can be sustained for too long without drastically affecting the health of a local church or a health of the flock. And I say this because the church is a living organism with living stones and the health of the flock is dependent upon the interpersonal relationships and fellowship within the local context. In fact, you know, I would say many of the new Testament commands for how Christians are to behave with one another are difficult, if not impossible to obey. If Christians are not regularly gathering in the local church together. Now, This is just my opinion that I'm going to share, but I don't think pastors are realizing how deeply this pandemic is going to disrupt the church going forward. Now, uh, many pastors are hoping church just goes back to normal in a few weeks. Um, And it might. Um, I don't expect that it'll go back to normal, at least not that quickly. I think it'll go back maybe eventually, But the speed of that return depends on a lot of things. Uh, For example, uh, churches in New York City, where they're having tens of thousands of coronavirus cases, uh, will likely not be back in action as a church for much longer than maybe a church in the Midwest that has very few uh, cases of the coronavirus. Now, yesterday, uh, President Trump stated he wants to see public life come back by Easter. And he included uh, churches in his uh, statement. He talked about how he wants to see churches get back by Easter, get together, fill up these churches. But again, even if churches were legally permitted to gather by Easter, I think it's unlikely that we're going to see the crowds that we usually do during this time. Uh, For churches, that's a big deal because Easter is generally the largest giving day of the year. Um, now, you know, they, they're not likely going to see a couple other things. Uh, and this is something that's really important. So pay attention here. They're, they're likely also not going to see the older population and the immune compromised population return for some time, if ever, um, may, maybe, maybe much later. Uh, but we have, for example, an immune compromised situation. I guess it's a respiratory compromise situation. My son is got a narrowed trachea um, and he ends up in the hospital even when he gets a cold. And so the idea of getting into a crowd of people right now or anytime soon doesn't seem appealing to me. It doesn't seem wise, actually, to me. Um, at the same time, I know God's sovereign. You guys heard my episode on the coronavirus, but we're, there's God's sovereignty and then there's man's responsibility to be wise and we have to sit in the tension between those two realities. But since the church um, you know, has made people comfortable in the idea of you can watch church at home, just watch the sermon at home. Um, it shouldn't be a shock to us to see that many people adopt that way of meeting as a church as their new mode of church going, uh, going forward. I don't think this should shock us, especially to see the older population and those that have an immune compromised individual in their family doing that. Now, what's scarier about that for churches is that the older population is generally the group that gives the most. And if they don't return... Uh, back to where they were in the frequency and in the capacity that they were prior to the coronavirus, we're going to see a drop likely in giving that could cause many of these small and medium uh, sized churches to, uh, you know, financially struggle, if not close their doors. Now, again, I don't think. Any of this is a shock to God. In fact, I, I believe that the Lord is ordaining and even directing this disruption in the church that it might purify the flock and bring him glory. But the question a lot of people are asking, uh, and I get this regularly, especially like the last couple weeks, uh, and I'm getting it more and more from the older population, and again, with those people that have an immune-compromised family member is, How can Christians meet in a way that upholds the fullness of the biblical church experience while protecting themselves from the potential health risks of larger crowds? So this is an important question. Um, And because the the current online solution is, again, insufficient as a long-term solution and is very isolating for the individual Christian, again, we are a body. That's how the scriptures uh, define the church. We're a body, and that means that we are connected, and we need to find a format that permits uh, that permits connection without permitting or inviting the health risks associated with larger crowds, especially during this era of time that we're in right now. Now, as many of you guys know, um, Veronica and I serve uh, and lead a biblical house church planting ministry called relearn.org. And we've been gathering as a church of five to 15 families for about seven years now. And I say five to 15 because just over the last seven years, sometimes there's 10 families and a family needs to move away. And sometimes there's seven families and sometimes we're packed for two years straight with 14 families. But over the past few weeks, I've been just mentally overwhelmed with trying to help people figure out a solution uh, during this coronavirus pandemic. And I've been working around the clock to try to prepare a few resources for those of you who feel that the Lord is calling you to a more intimate expression of church. And interestingly, um, I wanted to point something out. I thought it was fascinating I'm seeing a correlation between homeschooling and home-churching. And the more that people find themselves comfortable with homeschooling, uh, the more I'm seeing people find themselves comfortable with home-churching. And they drive from the, the kind of similar causes. Uh, the, the reason you know people don't like public school is the, you know, the size, the lack of attention that's given to their child, um, they also don't like the risks of school sickness, um, the uh, government management. Um, they don't like the school shootings. Um, and the same is true for churches. You know, many are looking for smaller, more intimate uh, gatherings of people. They want it to be safe a safe place from sickness and from church shootings, which have somewhat been a thing over the last several years. I want you guys to know that I'm I'm not anti institutional church, not at all. I actually think there are many great biblical churches who meet in traditional church buildings, um, and they might be coming, they might be becoming more scarce, uh, but they do exist. I think they're harder to find in today's culture, but uh, they are there, and I am in full support of those biblical churches. Uh, however, you know, in our ministry, our hope is to keep that same biblical ecclesiological um, integrity that you would see in a doctrinally sound traditional church in your city and move that into the format of a home with a handful of families and or singles. And so this week we're releasing three really important resources for those of you who are interested in exploring the idea of planting, starting, pastoring uh, a biblical house church. And so I'm going to tell you about these three things and where you can find them. So first is a free, and again, it's really free, uh, 10-page PDF that's called The Basics of Biblical House Church. And it's a, it's a Beautiful little document that I wrote and spent several days writing, uh, and I cover the seven fundamentals of a healthy house church. And I also, on the last page of it, I include the order of worship template that we use at our house church that really creates the structure for how we meet inside the home. And uh, you can get that at relearnchurch.org forward slash house. And you can download that. If you fill out the form, please fill out the form with your your real information. Don't put like your spam or fake email or that kind of stuff. Just put in your real information. We want to know who you are and so that we can support you. The second resource that we're releasing is um, a new 110-page book that I just finished. I've been working on this for about six months titled House Church. The subtitle is The Doctrines, Convictions, and Order of Worship of a Biblical House Church. And that's uh, only $12.99 if you buy it from our store or uh, buy it on Amazon. You can also get it uh, on the landing page that I just mentioned, relearnchurch.org forward slash house. You can get it as a PDF there for $9.99 and just download it immediately if you want to. Um If you want to support our ministry, buy it from our ministry's website. The links are there. Again, you just go to relearnchurch.org forward slash house. And this little book is going to be an awesome um, foundation for you to understand the doctrine and how a church should operate in a home. When we talk about the idea of relearning church, We don't mean relearn the ecclesiology. Uh, We don't mean relearn biblical church. We mean um, take the same historic evangelical ecclesiology that you would see in any great church and relearn the format. Relearn how to apply that doctrine in a home. And that's what we're trying to do. And so we, we break that down in that book. And it's a great little resource, and it's a great way to support our ministry. Third, and this is probably what I'm most excited about. We just launched our all-new biblical house church planting school at stjustins.org. And that's stjustins.org. Uh, And this is a one-year seminary-grade online diploma of ecclesiology, and it's a program for men. And classes are not going to start for several months, but the wait list for open enrollment is open today. And so if you're interested in planting a house church and becoming a house church pastor, that's what this is for. If you know somebody that is maybe already a pastor, or is interested, or is a uh, high character, you would already vouch for them to be an elder at your church. They know the word of God. They might have the gift of teaching um, and are interested in pursuing this. Uh, we would love to have you send them to saintjustins.org. And you can read about why we've called it St. Justin's. Not all of the pages are up yet, but enough of the site is complete for you to go there and visit that. We're still working on a handful of other pages, but our story page is up and um, the curriculum is up. The homepage is ready. Uh, There's a lot of great things available for you guys there. Uh, Bottom line, we really want to serve the church, not just in this time with the coronavirus pandemic, but all the time. And we're not trying to compete with the traditional church. We're trying to complement it. And for those that are looking for a more intimate expression of church, uh, there is a biblical solution and we want to help you understand it. And so if you're one of those people that is at home and you feel like you might be at home for a long time because you're immune compromised or because you're elderly or for whatever other reason, you might not be getting fed at your church or you just are looking for an intimate expression of church with a handful of families. Uh, We would love to serve you in that way. So if you have any questions about these resources, you can email us and I will see these at support at relearn.org. Again, that's support at relearn.org. I know some of those domains are relearnchurch and one of them is relearn.org. We're transitioning over to relearn.org, but currently the site's still operating on both. So you can email both of those right now, but support at relearn.org org is the best way to get a hold of us. Again, thank you for joining this episode of Real Christianity. Uh, I pray that the Lord bless you and your church with wisdom in these very strange times. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. Take care. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. Real Christianity is an audio ministry of relearnchurch.org. If you'd like more information on how to live out a biblical life, relearnchurch.org hosts a variety of articles, podcasts, sermons, and videos to support your journey. Real Christianity is a 100% listener-supported ministry. And if you'd like to support our efforts, simply click the donate tab at relearnchurch.org. You can also connect with both Veronica and I on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for daily lessons and Bible teachings. Thank you for being with us today. We hope to see you next Wednesday for another episode of Real Christianity.